Hi everyone, it's Autumn Bardot. Welcome to my channel. Here's where you'll find author tools and quick tips. Today I'm going to discuss something that I've been reading about a lot on Facebook and I was in a bunch of Zoom meetings and the same question comes up over and over again, especially from new authors. And you know what? It is a it is a really excellent question. So today we're going to be discussing the pro the process. <laughs> okay, I mean, I get asked that questions on Zoom meetings, in writing clubs, um, on Facebook groups, and it's, it's an amazing question for new writers to ask, and they really need to ask it to all writers because I, I you'll see, because it will help them in the long run. Um, with their own process. So I write historical fiction, or what's one of the genres I write, and I'm not gonna speak for all authors. Um, I never will, because I just can't do that. I'm only gonna speak about what works for me. Um, and so I'm gonna share my process that I learned through trial and error, or rather frustration and a lot of blunders. So, but before I even start with the process, um, I think it's important for you to have some context about about me because every writer's um, time frames and, and experiences are different, which will uh, in the long run help them build their own process. So for me, I only write part time. Um, I have a full time career. It's very demanding. Um, I get home late. I'm tired. I also have a really large family. Um, children, grandchildren, lots of phone calls. So for me, every writing moment is super precious. I, and I try to make the most of it. I try to like cram everything in. Every second really is precious for me. And by every second, I, I mean that if my children are coming over for the day, I am writing up until the minute they walk through the door. Okay, so every available minute that I can, I'm writing. So now that you know a little bit about where I'm coming from, you know, that'll add some context and, and you can, you know, gather every other author's ideas and, and their process and tailor it to your very own process. So here's my process. Uh, it works best for me. Everybody, of course, needs to find their own way. So the first thing I do after I get an idea for a story, and I don't know where I get ideas. They just like ping pop into my head all right so I work out the basic plot still in my head it's just nebulous scenes there's a beginning and there's an end but all that stuff in the middle it's just like random characters random scenes just kind of floating <laughs> floating in space so for me a lot of it is how to get from the beginning to the end okay so then right after that, I have this kind of vague idea. I start researching. I do historical fiction. Um, I also do paranormal romance and I'm working on another genre right now, but it always the next step for me is research. So I do lots of Google researches. And if I find something that's like really great, I will print it out. I will print out the material. Um, my favorite um, go-to, just kind of because of what my profession is, is to find primary sources. There's lots of, you know, uh, billybob.com's, you know, site on things, and I would rather just go to the primary source. So I'm not going to lie, I really, I do spend um, hundreds of dollars sometimes on books that are out of print, 
and I, I need to have that book as a primary source. And, and don't be horrified. I'm going to tell you something totally horrifying now. I take that book and I dog ear it. I highlight it. I pencil all over it. I put sticky marks. It becomes really my book, uh, my resource material. And um, usually by the end of, uh, of writing the, um, the first couple drafts, that book is, is trash. Like you, you couldn't give it away. <laughs> okay. Um, and those books and those printouts actually live on my coffee table um, for the first two drafts. So usually for a couple months. Um, so as I'm reading those all, as I'm reading the research, as I'm making my notes, the story really starts to form and starts to, to take shape for me. Um, and so that's when I, when I start having the ideas, I start building my plot line. I just start building that plot line, especially for historical fiction. And especially also for historical fiction, I have a lot of dates, dates and real people. And so what I do is I create two timelines. I create like um, a timeline just for the dates and then I create a, like a plot timeline for my story and then they run side by side um, down a page. Um, so like for Dragon Lady and for Impaler's Wife, they required a lot of specific dates and people dying and people living and, and things like things that I, battles and things I wanted to make sure to include. And so that was easy for me to make sure that I was hitting those timelines and dates at the right time. Um, so another thing that I do, and I guess maybe this would be a hack because I said I did some Google research. Um, if sometimes I will print it, if it's especially amazing, like especially amazing, I will print it. But sometimes um, I'm like, I need to keep this. And it has a few things and maybe there'll be some more things I'll need. I'm not sure. So what I do is I create a Pinterest secret board, a secret Pinterest board. And um, I take the URLs or whatever pictures on that site and I put it in there. That way I'm always really easy. It's easy for me to find. Um, so the next thing I do um, is, and maybe this is another hack, I guess, would be I make a chart. I make a lot of charts. I make a chart of all of the indigenous um, characters, plants, weather, food, job, weapons, whatever is part of the novel, anything that I will need to write the book, I, I write a chart. And so like, for example, for Dragon Lady, I had 24 different parts on my chart. Um, everything from how Chinese pirates pillaged a town to the various pirates' nests, to the gods and goddesses that they worship, to food, to um, you know, what they, what they stole, um, to different kinds of boats. I mean, everything I could think of because there was so much in there, I just created a chart for. And also in that chart, I created, um, I put the source and the page number of where I got that information. And you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, Autumn, you are OCD or whatever. But here was the thing. I found the first couple of times that I've done this that I thought I found all the information I needed, but I didn't. And then I couldn't remember where that information came from. So now I just put the thing on the chart and where I got that information. Okay. Sometimes it's really messy looking. I don't have any specific like method to that. It's just you know, whatever the book was or the article and then the page number where I found it. 
Um, then when I have all those notes, usually by then the story is fully there for me or mostly fully there. I would say 80% there for me. And that's when I actually create a plot line. Um, so I do all the plotting. Now this plot line changes. It, it, it grows. It, it just, it's kind of a, it's a living, living document. And then after the plot line, I write the first draft. I just kind of like, I just, I vomited it up basically. It's not pretty. Um, I don't worry about sentence structure. Um, sometimes my characters don't even have names. I'll just like write character X, character Y, character Z. Um, hands out for me, the first draft is the most difficult part um, because I need to see if the story works, if I have enough there, if I have enough there, there, as they say. And for me, also, the first draft is you're creating something from nothing. I mean, I have all the research, but I'm creating this whole, you know, story. Um, so I'm taking like water and mud and I'm mixing it into cement and forming this blob that I can start shaping and, and forming. Um, and so then I start working through my first draft. I'm a linear thinker, so I just go from chapter one all the way through. I don't go back and ever read the first chapter. I just don't, I don't have that kind of time. Um, and when I do stop for the day or maybe I have to stop to make dinner or stop to go to the grocery store or something, um, then what I'll do is before I close that document out, I will make sure I know what the next scene is that I'm writing. That way when I come back, even if it's only for like a half hour that I have to write, I know exactly where I'm at and I'm not sitting there going, where was I going? <laughs> with this okay um let's see oh and then sometimes during that first draft um if i have to stop and look at up information on the internet and i think i'm going to need a lot of that information on the internet there uh, with my manuscript that i'm working on right now there was like a whole bunch of information and i just like i said i wanted to get the story out and i didn't want to have to try to weave all that cool information in i just dropped the whole url into the word document that way on my second draft i can go in and that's where i really start uh, molding and shaping um this like this very 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 rough draft um, also on the rough draft, I'll do things like, you know, write description here, describe person, he's happy, she's sad, um, a lot of telling because showing takes a lot of time and imagination. And at least for me sitting there and thinking into the sky. Um, and I, at this point for my first draft, it's just all about putting the whole story out there. Um, I'm also adding and subtracting to my to my outline at this time. I find that maybe something I wrote didn't work, but more often what I find is that I'm adding more to the plot line because as you write, ideas beget ideas, which beget more ideas, which beget more ideas. Also here on the first draft, I play with point of view. Sometimes I write the story in first person, like the first chapter, and, and then I'm like, I don't know, maybe this is gonna be better in third person. Second chapter will be third person. And so maybe by the time I hit the fourth or fifth chapter, um, one will feel better, one will feel more natural, one will feel more, uh, will resonate more with the story that I'm trying to tell. This is also, this is still the, this is still my rough draft. This is where I also begin a character chart because this is where the characters begin to emerge. And it's pretty basic and I, they just have basic personalities at this point. I don't stress too much because I know that as I write the story, the characters will actually begin 
to create their own personalities. And also, um, when I do go back, if I feel like one character is weak or doesn't have enough personality, I can make sure on a second draft to go in there and do something to make sure that they are, you know, a fully rounded character and not a flat character or a trope or, or something like that. Um, so once I have the first draft written, and it's usually under 50,000 words, um, I feel a lot better. I'm just like, oh. I, I have some, we crack open a bottle of champagne because I feel like I have the raw material, right? Like it's all laid out. It's like if you're like making a cake and you put all your ingredients out there, all the ingredients are there and it's mixed. Now you just kind of have to bake it. <laughs> um, so then I write the second draft. So I guess that would be the next part of the process. So um, this takes the longest for me because this is where I'm adding all the imagery, the all the different kinds of imagery, my pretty words. I'm, I'm just playing and toying with the sentences. I'm, I'm finding symbolic images or, or language to use. Um, this is where I'm really crafting character and putting in nuance. And once again, the outline will change, usually expands. Sometimes it will shrink as I realized that an idea that I had in a first draft didn't work in a second. Um, and usually as these things rush at me, I either drop them right into the draft or I put them on the outline somewhere because sometimes something will just come out of left field and I go to my outline, type it in. And so that when I come to that part again, I know, oh, I had this awesome, amazing idea. And this is where I make sure, this is still my second draft now, um, I make sure I give my characters names. Um, and this is where I make sure that I'm I'm showing, not telling. So when I had written in the first draft, like something like um, he's angry, in the second draft, I'm going to take out the he's angry and describe, you know, maybe his face getting red or, you know, him balling his fists, something like that. This is where also I'm checking detail. Um, I'm still leaving my URLs in, but I'm checking detail, going back to make sure, make sure that I have my facts correct. Um, and here's where I'll split chapters, merge chapters, and make sure that each chapter has a hook. And then I'm writing something where you actually want, you know, each chapter, not even just chapter, I think a lot of sentences or paragraphs need to leave the writer going, oh, and then what? Oh, and then what? Um, the second draft is also where I make a style sheet. This is where I find, uh, this is where I put like the, the way I'm spelling something. And for historical fiction, man, there was like a million spellings for things. So I make sure I'm having it spelled right, um, that something that is capitalized is always capitalized, that um, something that is italicized foreign words or something or other fonts, that I'm being consistent with that. Things, you know, I, I wouldn't normally remember, but that's why I use this style sheet. This is, the second draft is also where I uh, really work on the character chart. Um, the basic character chart, you know, beyond the obvious of hair color and eye color, I mean, that's just like minor things. I add specialized things in like, like maybe ticks or habits that they have. Do they twirl their hair? Do they scratch their chin? Do they have a weird tick or there, is there something that they say all the time? I really hone in on their, on their personality. Um, and their movement because that's how you're going to show a lot of things um, and here's also where I make sure that each character has their own needs their own desires they're both bad and their good traits and also that they're playing off each other 
Um, if you look at the four personality types, and I can't remember them offhand, but I know a lot of sitcoms and things will have four different personality types. Something like Seinfeld had that. You can even Google that. And they all played off each other, which means they had conflict within each other, which is basically why we read for, for conflict. And, and books need a lot of conflict. Um, but you can also have something like a Myers-Briggs personality type. That's a lot of different personality types. So if I have a lot, a lot of characters, I want to make sure they each have their own unique um, character. So sometimes I will just consult like a Myers-Briggs. Not that I'm putting the character in that box because it's my character, but I just to give me like extra help to see where I want this character to go or to make them stand out or be different from all the other characters. Um, I also make sure there's a lot of conflict between the characters. Even if they're friends, they need to have some conflict, right? And once again, I do not go back and reread the chapters because I'm going to hit that on the third, fourth, and fifth drafts, all right? So now we're on my third draft. Um, my third through fifth or sixth, I don't know, sometimes it feels like the millionth draft, is for cadence and for rhythm, for flow, for mood, for spelling, for grammar and punctuation. Um, this is where I'll reread something and reread like a, a not so much a chapter, but I'll reread some paragraphs and make sure it has that movement and that flow that I, I need um, that makes the reader want to move the next sentence or to the next paragraph. Here's where I will remove the, any URLs that I plopped in because at this point I should be confident that I have the information um, that I need for the novel. For my very last draft, I use the read aloud function on, um, I have a Mac and I have a word, the word program on my Mac. And it always amazes me because I think, ooh, I'm so good at this. And then I have, you know, the read aloud function on there and I usually put in my headphones and it takes hours and hours and hours, I don't know, six, seven hours. And the person's reading pretty monotone. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I had so many misses of A's or the's or S's or all those little things we tend to miss all the time. And there, if you don't know how to get the read aloud function, it's pretty easy. Just Google Google that and you'll, you'll come up. It's, it's pretty easy. Um, I might even make another vid on it. So here, that's my process. That's it. So here are a few other tips about my process. Um, save your documents. Now, I know what you're, <laughs> I know what you're thinking. You're like, um, Autumn, I know to save my documents. Like, duh. Okay. But, you know, I have a computer engineer son, and he told me long ago, if a document isn't saved in three places, it doesn't exist. So, I try to be pretty good about that. Knock on wood. Okay, I, I haven't lost anything that I couldn't have recovered. Um, of course, things go to the cloud. Um, you can put things on flash drives. I tend to email things to myself. Um, that way, if you, because if you lose a whole bunch of work, you just like kills your soul. It, it kills your soul. And I also tried to save with every page because you never know what happens with a computer. It decides to shut down or whatever. And then you're like, no, hours of work gone. Okay. Also, another thing that I do, if I, if I pull out large chunks of material, I always save it in another document. It's just like, you know, deleted paragraphs. And I save them because I don't know. It's just like, you just never know, right? You don't ever know if you're gonna need that or maybe there was something you said really cool and maybe you can use it somewhere else. So I always keep those um, because like I said, you, you never know. Um, also in my character chart, I like to see my characters. Like I want to see them in my brain. So I usually Google faces that I think will fit the bill. I did this for Confessions of a Sheba Queen. 
Um, I did this for um, for Dragon Lady, and I did it for the um, Emperor's Assassin. I wanted to see them, and I wanted to make sure that when I described them, I had this perfect vision in my head of what they look like. And I'm, usually they're not actors, they're just like, I just Google kind of a face that I want. And this, I especially found this super handy when I did um, Dragon Lady because I had all these pirate chieftains. And how do you describe all these different pirate chieftains? So I just kind of went in and I Googled, you know, just some keywords for, you know, Asian, Asian men, old pirate, cranky, like whatever I could find. And I, and so for, I still have that chart, which what I see for each, dra with each pirate chieftain. And it helped me go back and remember and recall their movements or how they looked or how they walked. Um, and it helped me see them better. And I helped it, I hope that translated into the um, reader see seeing the characters better. Um, the another thing that I do is if I hit a snag, and I, you know what, I don't call it writer's block. It's, it's a snag, okay? It's more, like never call it a writer's block. Think of it more as you come up to a crossroads and you've got this way straight, you've got all these ways to go. Which way are you going to go to get to the end? Which way is gonna provide the most emotion, the most conflict, the most character growth? So I don't ever consider it a block. And so here's what I do. Once again, you have to find your own, your own kind of method. Um, I lay down, <laughs> um, I lay down um, and um, on the sofa, not on the bed, because I'd probably fall asleep. Um, and I play some music, um, just usually adventure kind of music because it's very kind of upbeat and do -do -do -do. and I, you know, I want that in my, in my novels. And so I lay down and usually within 15 minutes, the rest that, that, that crossroads will tell me which way to go. Because as, as I'm thinking with this music, I kind of play out the different scenes. And I'm actually, I'm always surprised usually with what I've found. And I found like nothing else works for me. Like, you know, doing, thinking about this when I'm chopping vegetables doesn't work or driving doesn't work. For me, it's lay down, everybody be quiet. I have to think. And I just kind of let my brain um, wander. Um, I know some people love to work with other people and bounce things off of other people. And if that's your method, that's awesome. I never find that that works for me. So find what works best um, for you, okay? So um, a little check-in right now. As of today, I'm 85% of uh, my rough draft. So I'm in the thick of it right now. And um, it's a folklore, myth, fantasy genre. So not my normal historical fiction genre. I'm itching, <laughs> totally itching to finish it. Uh, because like I said, once I finish it, I can crack, I can, I can crack open that champagne, champagne bottle and go, yay, now I have something to work with. Um, and I can really, for me, do what is the most fun, which is the second draft or an onward, which is the molding and the chiseling and taking that lump of like clay and really making it like giving it that going around it in like a 360 way and making sure it has all the lines and angles that I need. Um, so that's my process. Um, there's lots of different processes. There's no right process. There's no wrong process. Um, for writers, I think for new writers especially, part of the process is discovering what your process is. 
And you know, it's like I said, all writing is an uphill battle, even finding out which way works best for you. So I hope uh, that me explaining what my process is um, will help you, maybe give you some ideas. Um, if you like this video, give it a thumbs up, hit the uh, subscribe and hit the notification buttons. I post uh, twice a week. Thank you. Bye-bye, writers.